0: This is the Heart Club Coalition. So we have a few people from different schools. Um, And we're here to talk about consent. So I'm Paris Moore, I'm from Pittman High School. I'm going into my senior year, woo. Uh, (laughs) I'm Cassie Tortorelli.
1: I'm from Bayer and I'm going into my senior year. Uh, I'm Vanessa Archer. I go to Pittman as well. And I'm also going into my senior year. So,
0: I guess starting us off, what is consent? Well, consent is something that has to be given. Um, Vanessa, I think you had a really good definition. Very straightforward.
1: Uh, Yes, I wrote that consent is an agreement made in non-sexual and sexual activities to keep moving forward. And just a note that this is allowed to be changed at any time.
0: Yeah. So, I think generally it's, it's mostly used in regards to something sexual, but it can really be given to anything. Like, it could be emotional like talking about something that's really heavy or physical you know kissing touching hugging anything friendly not necessarily sexual Um, there's a lot of different different things that could be related to consent if that even makes sense i don't know anyways (laughs) what about you cassie what's consent to you
2: consent to me is like you guys have said it's given for any action, but it's also very enthusiastic. And you, it's an audible yes. It is never just like a nod or an okay, sure. It's a yes. I want to do this.
0: You could. Where is a situation where you would need to ask for consent, or where? What is a situation that would? cross your boundaries or make you feel uncomfortable, you know, where you think someone should ask consent for something. I think um, it's really important to ask for consent before you do anything. Generally, I think it's really important to get to know people's boundaries when you don't know them well enough that you already know them. Like, maybe a long-time friend, you know their boundaries. But if you're just meeting a new person, it's important to be like, hey, you know, can I hug you? Or uh, can I talk to you about something before you know what they're comfortable with?
2: I totally agree with you there. Um, everything, like, especially you should definitely ask for consent. It's like, hey, even if it's just like a, hey, do, do you mind if I hug you? Like, like you've said, but because it's never – you may think it might be a little awkward to ask hey can i hug you but in the end if it saves both people from being uncomfortable
0: yeah it's this is that's what we're all about is like normalizing things like this because it's only it's only awkward because it isn't normalized so what are boundaries
1: um yeah everyone has different boundaries and they usually go um, and they're usually different from people on people like you know um, I kind of see it as like a line or like a bubble that you usually should not cross don't want to cross don't want people to cross like um, how close you stand to someone like you don't want them breathing down on your face then you should let them know that or um, like the hugging or just like simple touches and sometimes it's really awkward because. Um, it shows up a lot with, like, people um, with anxiety. They normally don't, they have a lot more of, uh, like, strict boundaries, and it's really hard sometimes to just, like, express it to friends and family and be like, oh, yeah, like, this is my bubble, and I kind of don't want it to be um, broken without permission. So that's how I kind of think about boundaries that it's just like it's different and it's also really important to share <laughs> um because it's not because it, it is awkward and it's not because it's not normalized and it definitely needs to be changed
0: yeah um everyone experiences some sort of broken boundaries whether they're the the, the boundary breakers or it's their boundary that's been broken um, does anyone here have an example of their boundaries being broken or their consent being ignored or lack of
1: their? Own? I'm kind of just thinking of someone that I dated at towards the end of our relationship. Um, the reason, like the main reason was I had talked to him. Um, we had dated for like five months. I had talked to him about, um, like, struggles with stress and anxiety, and that's kind of something that you want to keep personal, and to, like, kind of trust the person that you're with to kind of keep that to themselves, Uh, but instead, (laughs) uh, he, like, his mom got involved, but he had told his mom about my struggles to make her understand, like, that he doesn't want to break up with me uh, or want to end things because it might like damper me. And I just feel like that's, it wasn't his place to tell that to anybody, especially even if it's mom. And I feel like that's kind of, um, luckily for me, I knew like that's not okay. And it's just so common to see it in like young relationships because they kind of lack that maturity to have those conversations about consent and, like, what can you share and what can you not share?
2: I know for uh, one of my own personal examples, which, like, is said that boundaries are unfortunately pushed in our day-to-day life, and it happens around us, and all we can do personally is to try and stop it from us doing it ourselves, but I were a... Mount of bracelets all over my wrists and like so of course people like will be like oh those are cool and all this but I was sitting in class and the kid in front of me started playing with them and instead of like and I just kind of froze because I didn't know how to tell him to like hey hands off buckaroo um so I kind of <laughs> um so I just kind of froze but I I realized I never said anything like, hey, don't, but most people just wouldn't go out and touch someone who's sitting behind them because personal space, you know, but I ended up just stopping wearing those bracelets, and so, like, it's kind of sad, but it's just sometimes there is the feeling like you don't know how to, like, verbally say, hey, don't, because if you're like me at all, or flight nah I freeze so it's just sometimes it's hard to say it but I do wish I could go back and say hey don't touch me dude go back to doing your history
0: yeah I mean that makes me think of I know this is more common for people with um like maybe like kinkier hair types but people who just like walk up to you and touch your hair that's so weird like they don't even ask like sometimes people be like oh can i touch your hair it's like i mean i guess but literally i've had people just like come to me and they like basically yank my hair it's like there's nothing special about my hair first of all why are you touching it <laughs> um but it's just i don't know it's spooky like i don't i don't understand where like what your thought process is to just think you can come up to someone and touch them. There's this other kid, actually, I just now remember another story. There's this kid, um, my sophomore year when I was in PE and um, he was very creepy, but specifically, I remember this one time when he came up to me and he sniffed like at my ear. <laughs> And then he grabbed my hair and smelled it and then walked off. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with him, but it creeped me out so much. And it was, like, very obvious overstepping my boundaries. I don't even know the guy's name. But it's it's just, it's crazy how people can just do those things and think there's nothing wrong with it. Like, even that in itself is kind of, like, an excessive story. Like, most people probably wouldn't do it, but the fact that there's people out there that think it's okay (laughs) is unbelievable.
2: The hair-touching thing just reminded me of, like, personally, because there's this weird thing that older generations have. When they see a ginger kid, they will go up. And literally, like, I used to always wear my hair in a ponytail. So they would literally start, like, stroking my hair. Like, your hair is so beautiful and long and such a pretty color. Don't ever cut it. Don't ever dye it. Do you know how much people pay for this color? And I'm like, no. I I was born with it. So then I cut it all off and I dyed it.
0: (laughs) Heck yeah, because you know what? You have that power. You have that power over your hair to cut it and dye it regardless of what other people think (laughs) because they're giving you their opinions totally unprompted (laughs) without any consent (laughs) but uh, yeah, yeah and I think it's always important to be aware of your own boundaries but it's especially important to be conscious of when you're making other people uncomfortable, because as you said, some people are really bad, like are, are or not really bad, but people who like with anxiety are maybe more prone to having, you know, more smaller, smaller, more confined boundaries, um and I think that often it's a problem in people to not to be too afraid to really set those and too afraid to be like, Hey, I really don't want that. So I think it's really, it's, it's important to be mindful and it's important to look for visual signs that you're making someone uncomfortable. And it's also important to say, Hey, am I making you uncomfortable? (laughs) Because sometimes it feels weird to say that, but it's, it's it's better than making them uncomfortable and never knowing or them never getting to tell you that. I think that example of a common example of breaking someone's boundaries, maybe without realizing it, is gossiping uh, and talking about someone else's personal issues with other people. I think it's really common, especially in teens, but also in adults. Um you sometimes kind of just are fed this information about someone, and you don't really think about, you know, why they're telling it to you. You just give it to other people without asking them if it's okay. Um, And I think that's something that we need to really be aware of. Yeah,
2: especially too, because they might tell you something, but that doesn't mean that you can go around and tell other people everything. You won't ever fully know, like, If it's okay, even if you ask, and even if they say it's okay, you're not sure if they're 100% sure that they're okay with it, or if they're just saying it to not make you feel weird about it. I don't know if weird's the right word to use there, but just those feelings.
0: Yeah, I think that a lot of times, you know, gossip forms or, or comes from someone confiding in someone. And when someone confides in you certain information, they are not giving you the consent to go around and tell them their personal information. I think that, I think that gossiping, that's a very social problem. Like, it, it happens in high school. It happens in little groups of all sorts. But I think a really social thing as well is just coercion in general. Um, I think it's really common in teens to kind of manipulate and like create this peer pressure on people to do these things, even if they don't want to do it. And I think that coercion is a really, really big part of consent in general. So I think that's really important that we define what coercion means. Um, So I think that coercion is generally just like manipulation or, um, Kind of, it, it could be a lot of different things. It could be like feeding someone drugs or alcohol so they eventually millow down and say yes to something. Or it could be asking someone the same question over and over again until you get the answer that you want. Um, that's it's really, it's when you are coerced into something or you are coerced into saying yes, that is not truly consent
1: um i just wanted to like add on to that um and i agree about how like coercion is um basically manipulation and that's kind of like the main thing about it um featuring like force intimidation um asking over and over again uh having the influence of alcohol drugs to loosen them up and wear them down um something i also noticed was sometimes to um coerce people into doing things they'll Promise them something in return, uh, and it's like a main, a main thing that I see. Sometimes it's like you hear about in like workplace situations. Sometimes when there's harassment and things, there's um, they're like, okay, if you do this, well, then I will like I can get you a promotion, and it's and that's not okay, and that doesn't it's not a good reason. And because of those situations, most people get kind of like fearful. And even afterwards, sometimes that promise is not actually true. and they realize that. And like that's like a big thing about how um, coercion can be simply. like it's like anywhere. Um, and it's like mostly. this is the thing that I mostly see as like the main issue when it comes to consent. Um, and it's something that we never recognized growing up. Because you see it in movies and you just kind of are like, oh, yeah, I guess it's just like normal when that mindset that it's normalized should really not be the case. Yeah,
0: you shouldn't have to to barter for someone's consent for something. That's just, I don't know. It, It obviously depends on the situation, but if you have to sit there and like, you know, really try and convince this person by offering them different things like they obviously don't want to do it is it really worthwhile to just sit there and ask them and offer them things so let's dive into examples of mm, bad examples of consent in the media but also some good examples um we have a lot of them I think that, I mean, when you think about bad examples of consent or like, you know, sexual assault or something like that in movies, it's really easy to think of like older movies, like 80s, 90s kind of time period. But there's also movies from like even now that have maybe lighter and less obvious versions of it. Um, But there are definitely some shows and movies that have sexual assault and rape and just awful things that are kind of glorified or romanticized um like for example i mean well this one's pretty given uh, you know the show you on netflix it's like if you know anything about that show then you know that you know it's it's not healthy there's very little consent given <laughs> It's literally it's about a man stalking someone, like what stalking is literally like. There's no consent in stalking, <laughs> um, and that's very very common. I've 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 met some people that have kind of been like, oh, you know, he's so cute, you know, the stalker is so cute, uh, <laughs> and I wish I had someone like that. It's like n- no, it's not cute to stalk and murder and do horrible things just because you're handsome no (laughs) but there's also other modern examples we also have some older ones like um, one that I struggled to like get through is um, Back to the Future because like I watched that as a kid and obviously a lot of the the sexual assault just went over my head and i'm sure that happened in a lot of other movies i watched as a kid too but like literally marty sexually assaults his mom it's it's like it's set up to be like humorous but it's really creepy
1: (laughs) i don't know (laughs) um yes i have um not really seen back to the future Like, I think I've watched, like, first one when I was really, really young, and I don't remember it. Um, So now learning that, that's fun. Um, (laughs) uh, And I think one that's, like, the main one that we think about when we think about consent not given are, like, the shows and movies that are set in, like, medieval times where there wasn't as many um, rules, (laughs) as there are now uh and like the main one that we see is game of thrones uh and like the whole premise of the main characters like uh marriage and love story is that it's like based on sexual assault and then falling in love <laughs> with the assaulter and it's just like um that's not really what Message be spread, and I feel like because they made her fall in love with him, there isn't there isn't that justice shown for having like consent like broken and not really expressed. And since it's such a popular show, with so many other examples besides like the main character, there are um, whole like I'm pretty sure almost every episode kind of deals with the situation and because it's such a popular show you kind of would think that it would have um just if they had that many examples to show like this is them getting better and getting through it instead of just having like oh yeah they all just have to deal with it and like that's not exactly how that goes how that should go
0: Yeah, if you're going to have sexual assault or rape in a show, um, you should probably show some consequences given to the person committing sexual assault. Like, I'm not saying it should be erased because it's something that happens, but don't just like, you know, oh, here's a little sprinkle of, of rape in there. Eh, you know, she'll fall in love with her rapist. It's fine. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> um, because, I mean, really, that isn't usually what happens. It's not very realistic. Um, but it also just kind of teaches a really, really bad lesson. I think that, I mean, it's like to say someone who could possibly be a rapist would instantly pick that up and be like oh yes if I go rape a woman she'll fall in love with me like that's not realistic either but it, that's kind of the lesson that's giving forward is like there's nothing wrong with rape even if it is set in kind of a medieval time period it's a modern show it's not a documentary if it were a documentary okay yeah you can talk about rape but it is it's a It's a fantasy show you know there's a writer and they can give consequences to rapists <laughs> they can do that very true
2: they, you can also look at some bad examples as like the hard to get troop which is so prevalent in modern like entertainment because i literally i think i can list a whole group of books and movies and shows where one of the characters is like oh she's playing hard to get and all that when if she says no or even he says no or they say no it's no in the wide end of things it's not really like desirable for that like continuation continuous pursuit of the character it's just kind of creepy overall
0: totally yeah no it's, it's a really toxic trope, really. Like, it, and it even happens in real life, you know. I've met people who are like, you know, play hard to get, you know, the boys will all come running, you know, like that kind of mindset. It's like, no. <laughs> if, someone try, if someone plays hard to get with me, I just end up confused. I don't know what they want. <laughs> it's like, learn to communicate. Learn to communicate. Don't assume people are playing hard to get. Um, If you play hard to get, that's it's pretty Im- immature. <laughs> it's pretty. It shows that you don't know how to communicate very well. Um, oh, another modern example is well. In fact, I think that the hard to get trope could be kind of applied here, not necessarily, but. Um, is Twilight. That's a very popular teen book movie series. And I think there's a lot of different examples in it. But like the one that stands out the most to me is the fact that Edward sneaks into Bella's like room before they're even like a thing or whatever. And just watches her sleep. Like that's so weird. And they just kind of like glide over it. I mean, I haven't read the books. I've only watched like the movies, but It's just they don't... She's like, okay, yeah, he he sneaks into my room at night and watches me sleep. Whatever. It's like, that's that's really weird. That's creepy. You're sneaking into someone's house. Like, (laughs) um, I think there's probably way more examples than that, too. But I think that we should probably talk about some good examples, too. Um...
1: So one good example is from 10 Things I Hate About You, which is a loose adaptation of The Taming of the Shrew, which um, is an older piece and definitely has um, that kind of hard-to-get mindset where um, she's only um, sought after so that someone can marry her sister. And so she she knows that and she doesn't like the idea of it uh and that just wasn't a healthy relationship, but in this adaptation, obviously there since this is kind of more um uh, modern it there's a writer they can change the thing uh kind of make it better and um instead of him being so aggressive, he's more understanding uh one scene in particular um they were at a party, and she. It was kind of that rebellious teen, and so she got drunk and tries to kiss um, Heath Ledger's character, and instead of, like, letting her do it, he stops it overall and takes her home and then tells his friends, like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's wrong, because she's obviously not in the right mindset. She is um, influenced by alcohol and Taking advantage of that would just be um, breaking consent. All of the rules that we've talked about.
0: I think a show that has two really good examples is Steven Universe. It's a kids' show,
1: um, and Vanessa, you brought it up. Okay, um, so and uh, in, in the show, they have something called Fusion, which is rep- like represents bonds and sometimes. Mainly, it doesn't really work without given consent. And it's kind of like a really good message in a kid's show. Um, but the main character, Steven and his girlfriend, Connie, um, find out that they can fuse into like one being. And usually that's like really interesting and good to do because it shows that you have that strong bond and you become more powerful and stronger because of it. Uh, But the entire time, it's not like a quick thing. Uh, It kind of surprises both of them and they're a little hesitant and they constantly ask each other, like, are you okay? Um, And when it starts getting uncomfortable, um, they check in with each other, talk about it, and um, they end up just like breaking it off altogether. Um, But it's just like an amazing uh, example of consent shown even though um it's a fantasy kind of thing and it's not really something that can happen it's definitely good to show that um if you're trying new things to have that consent check in with each other communicate through your feelings and Stephen, that one scene in Stephen Universe was a really good example of that
0: totally yeah and the same show also has a Good example of a bad example. Um, it's the same thing. It's fusion. Um, there must be some sort of consent for the individuals to come together and fuse. But um, in one episode, one of the characters, Pearl, um, really feels strengthened when she fuses with another part of her team um, whose name is Garnet. And so she decides, okay well, I'm going to make up these scenarios, these situations that seem like a really big problem just so I can fuse with her so I can feel powerful. And so she manipulates Garnet into thinking that they have to fuse to deal with this problem. And that's a really good example of coercion. Um, And afterwards, Garnet finds this out. And she gets mad, obviously, because she was manipulated. And so the episode really goes through what's wrong with that and um how you know pearl shouldn't need someone else to make her feel more powerful in addition which is also a good lesson and it it was just it's really good because i know the show probably has several other good examples of um consent but i just i really appreciated that they had this this is what you shouldn't do you know rather than a you shouldn't do this, but there's no consequences. So whatever, like other movies seem to have. Adventure Time. There's another kid's show. Um, and I can't quite remember which episode this was, but Adventure Time taught a really good lesson um, because in one episode he was really, he was really working to get the attention of different princesses and He was, he was trying to like convince them with gifts and all these different things. And at the end of the show or at the end of the episode, he learned that, oh, all he really has to do is just ask and the princesses will talk to him and hang out with him and all of these different things. So he realized that, oh, instead of trying to bribe them into doing things, all I have to do is ask permission. And so that was a really good lesson, especially because, you know, these are kids' shows. But, and that's kind of a sad thing is that, you know, I feel like when we think of good examples of consent, kids' TV shows come to mind. So
2: another good example we can bring up is Thelma and JD and Thelma and Louise. Um, There's a scene where uh, Thelma and JD are starting to have sex and they were having a great time. They were giggling and messing around. But as things start to progress, uh, she suddenly goes, wait, wait. And JD immediately takes his hands off and backs up and just waits. He says nothing, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't try to progress anything any further because he sees how uncomfortable she is. And he waits until she starts to initiate again.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's another good example in an adult film because, you know, adults need to be
1: taught things too, not just kids. Um, So another example uh, actually comes from another kid cartoon movie from Frozen, where at the very end, Kristoff is really excited, so he's just like, I could kiss you. I mean, I'd like to. May I? And then just, like, waits for her to agree. Um, And that's a really good example because I feel like everyone's first kiss story is kind of like, um, they just kind of swoop in. There's no, like, asking. um, And I don't understand why it's so, like... (laughs) so like unsexy to like ask for permission first I feel like that's kind of the um main thing about relationships is that you could communicate (laughs) and if it's too awkward to be like can I kiss you because you think it's not um exactly good in the moment then obviously I don't think you're ready to have that conversation which means you need to work on your communication skills and um also if um just because, like, um, if you are in a relationship with someone, it's kind of like seeing where, like, kisses kind of just come here and there. But uh, especially if you create that bond communication, you could see, um, like, learn their body language and know, like, when they're uncomfortable with it or are kind of, like, not in the mood because I think people kind of avoid that when they're in a relationship. But I think it's really important
0: yeah i mean it's all about boundaries like if you've been in a relationship with someone for a long time you probably know their boundaries well enough to know if they want to be kissed or not want to be kissed not that you shouldn't ask if you're not sure but especially when you aren't familiar enough with someone it's there's nothing wrong with asking permission nothing wrong and honestly it's better than just doing it so it's great that that's being taught to our kids so obviously these are only a handful of the shows that exist with examples in general of consent um, but i think it's really strange that like rom rom-coms especially romanticize a lack of obviously given consent i think it's really important that everyone is aware of what they're watching and what they're taking in from shows and movies. Um, it's it's not cool to internalize bad habits from characters from shows. It's also not cool to teach those lessons to younger kids because they're definitely more prone to internalizing them. I, I think that as well as giving good examples on shows, it's really important to show bad examples of consent, but with proper consequences shown to whoever is committing the lack of consent if that makes sense thoughts
1: um so i um my thoughts i totally agree i thought uh, it's such a look down upon in like uh movies and shows made for older audiences because it's, like, known to kill the mood, which is dumb. Um, And it's just, I feel like it's so strange that as you get older, your age group has more of those kind of um, examples where it's, like, kind of just, like, okay, there's not really consent given. It's just, like, oh, yeah, they're together, so they're going to do this. And, like, oh, yeah, that's like Game of Thrones where it just automatically shows you sexual assault without consequences. You don't really see how um how good and bad can be shown um, since they kind of glorify those relationships instead of um like showing the ins and out of having those uh conversations that are so important for certain situations and shows like Steven Universe that happily express how consent Um, is shown in bad and good examples are very important because when you grow up, you kind of grow up with what's already been implemented into your head from what you've been taught in school, what you've been taught by your parents and what you've seen in shows and movies and having those examples where it's like consent is a like main topic is important because You don't want your kids to grow up and then they do something wrong. And they're like, well, that's like not what I've seen. That's not what I've been taught. Like consent is just completely out of the window for some people. And I feel like it's kind of upsetting to see that it's more in kids shows and not going into older audience, like shows for older audiences. But I think it's also – good as long as they do show those consequences.
2: I completely agree with both of you guys. I think it is great that it is in kids' shows, but the adults even need to hear these things again and again because for, it's not for everyone. They think, oh, yes, I have to do this every time because it's so almost kind of stigmatized and a little taboo for some people to talk about it when and honest, honestly, it should just be so talked about and everything because it is part of just
0: everything you do in day-to-day life. Totally, totally. Nothing wrong with good examples of consent in cartoons and kids' shows, but it needs to be in teen shows, it needs to be in adult shows, it needs to be in all kinds of things. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, even the fact that I think we can think of more examples of consent in children's shows than adult shows is really weird. Especially because it's like, I don't know. I feel like not enough adults understand consent and understand when to ask for it. And. I mean, personally, I think anyone just not knowing how to give consent or, or well, to ask for consent mostly is just a sign of immaturity. And being immature isn't necessarily wrong. It's just, it's a little bit, it's a little bit upsetting when adults don't know how to ask for consent because adults are the ones teaching things to kids, really, and the media. That's where kids learn things from. That's why not only do kids need to know what consent is, but adults do too. So here at HEART, our main goal is to inform, educate, and provide resources. So today we hope that the audience learns what consent is and what boundaries are. If you are a sexual assault victim or if you know someone who may need to reach out for help, the National Sexual Assault Line is 1 800 656 4673.
1: And if you are experiencing or know somebody who is experiencing any kind of crisis, you can text home to 741741 to connect with a crisis counselor.
2: And the Haven crisis line is 209-577-5980.
0: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Our hope is that you take something from this. You learn something. And maybe you are a little bit more aware of what you're watching and what your kids are watching. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again
1: for listening. And a special thank you to our funders, Sutter Health, California Offices of Emergency Services, and Patterson Joint Unified School District.